What's up, Team Egos, and welcome to the Team Egos podcast, the show where we blend tea, herbs, and wellness into functional tips for you to enjoy. I'm your host, Vince Lapalusa. I have a self-proclaimed PhD in all things tea and herbs, a daily consumer, or otherwise known as an addict, of this beverage, and simply a conversationalist interested in bettering my understanding of tea. I will guide these conversations with professionals, entrepreneurs, and experts in this space. And today, I had the honor of hosting Christina Strombos of Dawn Human Design. Have you ever wondered about your purpose in life? Have you ever felt an inexplicable pull towards someone, something, or somewhere? Have you ever wanted to understand yourself better? If you're like me, you've answered yes to all of these. Well, Christina is on a mission to help people better understand themselves and live a more fulfilling life. How? Well, stick around and find out and learn more about Dawn Human Design. Christina, welcome to the Team Eagles podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. This is exciting. I saw you on, um, I've mentioned Jack, I don't know, a bunch of times on this podcast. Shout out ComCom, Community Kombucha. We um, love Jack. I, yeah, I saw you on his, he did like a live, I don't know if he's still doing those Wednesdays. He does like a live event um, with someone. I don't know how he selected you or whatever, but I tuned in. That was like the first one he was doing. I tuned in. And yeah, I was like all about your guys' conversation. So I was like, cool, I'm going to reach out to this girl. I want to yes, get yes. on the podcast. I love, um, I'm so happy that you reached out too, because um, human design is something that's relatively new. So yeah. getting the word out is like really important. And yeah. um, that's like doing it through a podcast and stuff is absolutely amazing because and especially collaborating with people. And then after I tell you about it, like you go off and you know more and, um, it's just like the ripple effect. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, there was a lot there that you guys were talking about that, like you said, it's so new to me. I still don't fully understand. It's been a while now since I heard that conversation. So I'd love to dive into that, but I guess first, since this is a tea podcast, what are you drinking today? What's the, what's the tea that you have there? So I went in my cupboard and I have chamomile and sage. Chamomile peppermint. and sage. I like and peppermint. Did you say? Yes, and okay. peppermint. That well, sounds nice. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but it, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. have. I'm sure you have better tea though. Well, it's I've, it's all relative. I mean, so yeah, if you're. I'm drinking a, a, a personal blend of mine. Just um, I, I source some herbs from uh, Mountain Rose Herbs, if you're familiar. And um, yeah, it's just a personal blend oh, of like wow. hibiscus, lemon peel, astragalus, elderberry. And I'm blanking. I think there's one other that I can't remember. Ginger. Yeah. And ginger. Wow. That's um, beautiful. But <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, I like it in the summer. <laughs> I make a lot of cold brews of it. Um, and just keep it in my fridge for like after post workouts, I always get a sugar craving and it's like, it's like my sweet, I don't add any sugar or anything, but it's just kind of with all those flavors, it's naturally tart and sweet and satiates that, that craving. Right. Right. But that's that's a, that's a nice tea (laughs) that you have. I know. I think it's from Whole Foods or something like that, but 
I mean, okay. it does the trick. My one room, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my roommate, um, when she drinks chamomile, she like falls asleep in 10 minutes. Really? Um, yeah, she really does. So wow. it, that just speaks to the powerfulness of tea. Yeah. You know, I, I never really get that. I, I just now, I always drink chamomile and lavender pretty much most nights. Okay. That's like my go-to, like just mid or nighttime routine. I drink some chamomile. It's like a chamomile, lavender, lemongrass blend that I have. And it's, I, I don't get tired from it. It's like one of those that I just, I think because I associate it with nighttime, I get You got tired. the routine. Yeah. yeah. But like I can drink chamomile any time of the day and feel perfectly fine. Like sometimes <laughs> I just like the flavor. So I just like want it. I agree. Like that's why I kind of like picked this one out too. And, but I mean, I don't know for her, maybe she needs to get something checked out because. <laughs> <laughs> but there is power. There is power in, in the herbs as well. I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. Um, do you know l- much about herbs and that sort of no but i'm i'm actually very curious and i'm really into it um yeah like i i want to know more i just honestly i have no idea where to start so yeah it's it's a huge thing i mean i just had uh on the podcast this week uh lady abriel from beauty herbs and tea and she's i guess or she's a an herbalist she's like kind of left her field of uh working with kids with uh, just disabilities in the sense like of not being able to speak properly. I don't, I can't think of the word. Like, a word oh, a speech exactly. therapist. Yeah. Speech therapist. Thank okay. you. Um, and with COVID and everything, she ended up having, she got, I don't know if she got, I don't remember if she said she got fired or just she had to step away because, oh no, it was because all of her teaching was turning into online stuff like this. Oh. And she was like, I, that's not doing a value to the children or to me. Like, you, this is not what I signed up for. So she actually right. stepped away from it and is now pursuing herbs. And so that was a crazy conversation. I was, I was upset because we had to cut it short. Um, just there was some scheduling challenges. And, oh, man, but she, she dove super deep into some very specific herbs that – and I'm starting to learn, too. Of, uh, like a year, year and a half now, I've been – quote unquote studying herbs just like reading books on them and doing some i don't like to use the word research when i just like google stuff doing, <laughs> no but it is doing, it is research i i use google scholar how's how about that oh that's pretty good that's actually that's, like one step further i would say yeah 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 so so maybe that is research i don't know but yeah what's what's your i guess do you have a foundation at all like I, you say you don't know where to start right I literally, I I really don't know where to start. Like I, I know, I mean, I know that like chamomile is good for sleep. I love lavender. Like I absolutely Mm -hmm. adore lavender. I, I just like, I don't know. I, I, I have no foundation really. And I don't even know like where to begin with the foundation. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, people who ask me or when this topic comes up, I, I'm a big, still like, hardcover book type guy Um. um so i like and i'm sure there's uh online versions as well i just don't like looking at a screen for that long so i like the book body into balance um it's a book that 
breaks down the body into different functions. And so like you'll have respiratory function, you'll have sexual health, you'll have mental health, just structures like that. And it actually yeah. breaks down. Mostly it focuses on the herbs and like herbs that can support those different functions. But sometimes it it does branch off into like other things that are not like, so like diet and exercise and mm. I don't know outside that outside the herbal realm per se. Um, that's a good book. I, I I don't remember who the author is. It's like Maria something. But if you're interested, I'd say that's a that's a good place to start. It's uh, and then just well, being conscious, cool. just yeah. kind of like being conscious to like the herbs that are in things. Like if you do pick up a tea and then you see see an herb that you don't know what it is, just Google it. And then That's Google a good point. From yeah. You know, it's kind of scary. I did actually take a look. So um, I live in California and I went up to Paso Robles and it's very like uh, earthy there, I guess you could say. And yeah. I was picking out like just loose leaf tea that you put in the little metal thing. And then, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like you're like yeah, duh. <laughs> no, 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 that's not. I'm like sorry putting if I came it in off the little that. metal thing and. <laughs> but um, so I was like really excited about that tea. I finished it off, but then yeah. I went to Trader Joe's and I just picked up a tea that sounded good, and I thought like maybe I'll look at the ingredients, and it was actually kind of disturbing. Like oh. it had it had colors in it. Um, mm, and sh- sugar yeah. and just like random stuff in, in the mm. tea. And I know that people go to the grocery store and they just buy what looks good. You know, yep. I mean, yep. it sounds good. It has lavender and like chamomile and lemongrass and all this stuff. But then mm-hmm. if you don't look at the, like I'm drinking tea to feel healthy. I'm not drinking tea to, <laughs> to like put more crap in my body. So it was kind of like enlightening to me. And I, I really try and stay away from buying that. And I'm actually, I'm looking for like more like boutique, like tea situations and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, I was kind of disturbed, honestly, but that's, that's so typical for like grocery stores in general. Yeah. Unfortunately you find that and you get that. um, That's why I'm, I'm glad. I don't know when, I was, I kind of started doing it. I want to say I was at a young age when I was like taught just the power of reading the ingredients mm-hmm. on like foods in general. And like specifically with tea, it's like one, one of the things was just like, basically if you look at the ingredients and you can't pronounce something, yeah, probably, it's a <laughs> probably a no go. Now a lot of like, I do have a, a chemistry background, so a lot of the things sometimes really aren't that bad, but it's like, mm, is it necessary? Like, should you be consuming a lot of it? Maybe not. Um, okay. But yeah, so like, always just look for just solid ingredients. Like, if it says just like the vegetables that are in it, or if it's just like beef, just as long as it just says beef or like grass-fed beef, cool. Like, that's good for me. Like, I yeah. I don't need anything, any uh, any oils or any crap added, but. Yeah, you'll you'll get that with tea. The I I actually know a lot of companies that actually have some great tea and have flavorings added added to them. I've become a tea snob to the point where I can taste when there's a flavoring added. Oh, yeah. It leaves something in my mouth, like it leaves a like a texture or a flavor that I don't particularly enjoy. Yeah. So I that's why I try to 
avoid that as much as possible. And, and to this point now, either I source from like quality, uh, like when it's like actual tea and not just like herbs, um, I source from quality, uh, what's it called? Suppliers. And then if it's herbs, I pretty much just buy my own herbs and then make my own blends at this point. I did see that you bought a tea plant and it died. <laughs> funny that you say that it's right here <laughs> i wish there was video <laughs> on this podcast i i just have it right next to me i didn't plan that <laughs> it's just oh, it's standing right here um on its poor, deathbed <laughs> yeah it's so yeah, it was i was so excited my brother and my mom and i for mother's day we went to the to a nursery at my parents house near my parents house and my brother and I decided to treat my mom to go there and buy her flowers to for her garden and everything. And um, as we're walking around, my brother comes up. He's like, hey, look what I found. I was like, oh, no shit. It's a tea plant. Like, cool. So I was like, for sure, I'm going to buy one. Like, this is awesome. And yeah, like a week, two, two weeks into owning it. Like, so there were two plants like in the one plant that you bought if that makes sense like in the one pot that you bought so i planted it into a bigger pot to allow it to grow and one of them almost started dying like immediately so i was like (laughs) okay like it's fine that's fine like the other one looks good looks green it's actually like i think starting i could see like some new growth on it already sweet like the other one and then i just like wake up one day and i go and check it like every morning and all of a sudden it's like it like died overnight and i was like what did i do what happened <laughs> it's ridiculous it was not feeling it somewhere no. some way it was not i, I know it. it really wasn't and i've talked with other people who've tried growing tea plants and they've all kind of had similar stories like it's really challenging to grow really i wonder why like what factors make it challenging yeah so i i'm i'm not I kind of wanted to start growing it because I wanted to figure out like the whole life cycle of the tea plant. Like right now I know a lot about like after, after harvest, like the specific teas and like what makes them unique, but I don't know about the growing part. So I was like, okay, this is a good opportunity. And yeah, there's like, it has to be a pretty acidic soil which I don't, I didn't know what that fully meant. Like, obviously I know acid base, like I know what pH and stuff like that, but I was like, does that mean I add like lemon juice to my soil? (laughs) I was like, what? Like, I don't know what this means. So I never did anything to my soil and maybe, so maybe that's it. I didn't know proper sunlight um, or water levels. I I was kind of watering it. Like I water most of my plants where it's just like, you feel it. And if it's dry, dry, then you water it like about an inch in or whatever. Yeah. Like first knuckle in, then you water it. But otherwise, let it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll try again. But you know what? It's okay. It happens to the best of us. I had my um, fig leaf is really unhappy, um, yeah. and I just I really don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> is it dead like, or is it? No, it's not dead. It's just okay, like the leaves are not as like green as they could be. They're just a little like floppy looking. I don't know. Mm. I, I've, I've looked up many different things and like I've tried a bunch of them and I just don't know. And yeah. sometimes, you know, I'm just like, okay, you know what? Like you're alive. So, so you're still going to have a place in my home. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, I, after posting the video of the tea plant, 
someone shared with me there's an app that you can download that if you like take a picture oh of yeah the if plant, you scan it it like tells yeah. you what's wrong with it yeah 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 so i did I, do that I'm kind of curious. I should probably download it and just scan my key plan. It'll be like, dead. dead. It's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's what's wrong with it is you killed this. <laughs> it's like, well, no life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just like reads like the energy. Like, yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. That is, that is 1,000%. That is going back into the dirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was a, it was a sad day, but... No, I guess we, you learn, we learn, learn through experimentation. So exactly, but how many tea plants do I have to kill? <laughs> I don't want to commit like a tea genocide or anything like that. Hopefully, that was the martyr. And, yes, and we yeah. can move forward from that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so why don't we start diving into uh, Dawn Human Design? Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, you like you said, this is a new thing, one for me, but. I think you were the first person I ever heard talk about this. And so bring up the, even like the name or, or anything about it. But it sounds similar to astrology-esque. It definitely is similar to astrology because astrology actually plays a part in it. Um, okay. But it's, it's, it's a mix of many different ancient systems. So... Um, the history of human design came about um, by a man called Ra Uruhu, and this was about um, 30 to 40 years ago. And he got a download from what he called the voice, and um, it explained to him things about like the human species um, that the universe felt like us as a species needed to hear and needed to learn about ourselves. And um, he kind of like just listened to this voice for eight nights and eight days or something like that. And yeah. he, um, he came up with the human design system. So this was, this was really recent compared to like the ancient, uh, you know, Chinese I Ching or astrology. Like those things have been around for years and years and years. Um, so that's why human design is considered to be like more of a recent development um, when you because, say that, like, do you have like a, like, is this within the last hundred years, thousand years? Oh, 1, human years? design? Yeah. It, it came about in the eighties. In the eighties. Oh, mm-hmm. so yeah. So this is very, very, very new. Okay. Yeah. Very. And so this Ra, I'm sorry, you said, is it Ra? So Ra Uruhu, he came from, he was born in Montreal. <laughs> okay. And his name was actually Robert Allen Krakauer, but he changed it to Ra Uruhu after he discovered cool. um, the system. And he had a relatively normal growing up and he um, went to a liberal arts school. He was in advertising. He was in the corporate world. And then he moved to Ibiza and was a school teacher. Mm. And um, when he was there, he got this download. And um, after that, his entire life changed. And then people's lives started changing once he started to expose the system to them. And so then um, the International Human Design School was created, and um, it's all about preserving the integrity of the system and helping spread the information because human design is like a user manual for who you are. If you think about it as like a, a roadmap, sort of, of when you were born, you were imprinted with this information when you were born 
from these particles called neutrinos. And neutrinos are these tiny, 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 infinitesimal amount of mass, like little particles. And Ra actually spoke about neutrinos and their tiny a bit of mass um, in like the early 90s. And it took until 2015 for it to actually be scientifically recognized as um, an infinitesimal amount of mass. And so he like knew this information way before it was even acknowledged by science. And the neutrino carry, because it has this tiny amount of mass, it carries information. And this can be from the planets, this can be from the universe, it just carries very tiny bits of information. So human design is based off of neutrinos. When you're born, you are hit by all these neutrinos that have tiny particles and information on like on the amount of mass that they have. So then that actually alters and defines your design in a sense. So if you think about astrology too, um, that's also based off of the date, time, and place as to when you were born because that's how the planets were aligned when you were born. And um, human design takes astrology, um, this thing called the ancient Chinese I Ching, which was a divination tool. It's the oldest book, I think, in the history of books and um, the Kabbalah tree of life, as well as the chakra system, which a lot of us are familiar with. So when Ra got the download from this voice, he had so much information about um, the human species, how we've evolved, how we've developed. And this system came about that describes to us our energetic blueprint. And when we were born, how we were imprinted with the information from these neutrinos And this translates into how we are energetically impacting the world around us and how we go about um, living our lives and our purpose. And along with learning your human design, you learn about your energy type, which is if you think about astrology, you think about your sun sign, like I'm an Aries or I'm a Cancer or I'm a Taurus. Okay. It's kind of the same thing like energy type wise for human design. And that determines your aura, how you are meant to show up energetically in the world. And there are five different energy types. And um, we can start by listing those. So 70%. I guess actually, first, oh, yeah, before, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Before, yeah, before we get into that, um, I'm kind of interested in the neutrinos Yeah. Um, a little bit more because that's. I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know if I fully understand what it is. And like, so are you? Are you telling me that like right now here there's you are neutrinos. getting input. Yeah, I think it's something along so, the lines of like a hundred million neutrinos are going through our bodies every minute. So is this like something like a? Is this like an electromagnetic wave? Is this like a particle that's it's actually a particle. in the air? Like what are you? It's a particle. So. Um, and you said this is scientifically <laughs> proven. It that is that these are. Okay. It is. So this is this is where it gets into quantum physics, which is kind of, yeah. you know, trippy <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. a little bit difficult for people to kind of grasp. But um, the, the nitty gritty of the neutrino is that it is smaller than an atom and okay. it is a particle. They used to think that it was potentially light because it was that small. Yeah. Um, but light doesn't have mass. And um, these things were like the same 
size is light, but they had mass. Like it's the smallest particle that has mass. And because it has mass, it takes in information. And so when the neutrinos are consistently hitting us, um, and I think 70% of neutrinos come from the sun. um, And so neutrinos are consistently hitting us and um, being absorbed by our bodies. So it's also like going through the universe, picking up information from the planets, picking up information from matter. And um, when it hits us, we get imprinted with the information because it has that infinitesimal amount of mass that has yeah. the information. So when we come out, like when we're born, we're, we're pure beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we get imprinted with the information because we get hit with the neutrinos. Well, so wouldn't the neutrinos so when they hit you because i'm thinking like as if when you're in the womb Mm -hmm. would they get you like whatever hits your mother hits you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) did i stump you (laughs) yeah you kind of stumped me well so the idea is that so you have two sides in human design you have your conscious and your unconscious okay and your unconscious is formed when you are three months, three months before you're born in the womb. Okay. Um, and that is when like your cerebral cortex is formed in the brain and everything along the lines of that. That's like what makes you like human. Um, okay. And then that's what I know is that your unconscious is formed then. And then when you are born, because you're getting hit with the neutrinos, that is your conscious side Mm, Okay. is like, this is, this is your personality side that's getting hit. With by the neutrinos that is imprinting upon you. But then also three months prior to when you were born, when you're in the womb, your unconscious is formed. And that is what we call your design. Mm. So that's the body. And then the mind is formed when you are popped out into the world. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) So it gets really like, like I said, it's very like quantum physics-y. And, yeah, um, I like that stuff, though. <laughs> it is really fascinating. I honestly, <laughs> I I need to like look more into that part of it. It gets really complex. It's like yin and yang and all of this stuff and different types of um, dark matter. And like, it's it's a lot. But yeah. um, have, have sorry, this is this might be this is going to be a tangent just a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, but staying on the uh, quantum mechanic or quantum physics and everything have you ever heard of the concept of quantum entanglement i feel like i've heard of it but i honestly i'm so i need i need a refresh yeah so mathematically we have proven that my it's ba- it's almost like the butterfly effect that okay. my actions here are affecting another particle somewhere in the world now where i don't know but there's but mathematically we have we have proven that this is something that is happening so quant and then they call it quantum entanglement because they're saying that like our molecules or our atoms are actually entangled and for some reason when i do this with my arm something is happening somewhere else to an a particle that's actually kind of in a similar motion or it creates it's wild it's it's just bonkers and Wow. I don't I don't fully understand it, but I just know like I've heard enough smart people who are yeah. like, physicists and like in their field and they've talked about it and they said it's mathematically proven. We know this, but we don't understand. We cannot tell you why, but we know. know from the math it's true. And I'm like, 
that's I don't know. That's <laughs> I don't want. I don't. I don't know if I want to think about that for too long because it know. starts to hurt. It really does start to hurt your brain. Like I was yeah. reading about the neutrinos, um, and I was just. I had to reread it, I think, like five times because it, it's <laughs> but, stuff that is like very, very fascinating and it makes sense, but it only makes sense after like the fifth time that you read it. Um, yeah. And then that's like a, probably a part of it. And then you'll reread it yeah. again. you like, oh, I missed that part too. <laughs> and then, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it is, it is so unbelievably fascinating. I just like wish that my brain would just like expand just a little bit so that it would be like, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Like neutrinos <laughs> and quantum entanglement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Got to have an open mind, I'm sure. Oh yeah, you that, do. That reading too, because yeah, it's yeah, it's like I said, it's already uh, it's a lot, and I haven't even read this thing. I, no, and I also, know. if you do have like, I don't know if it's like research papers or what you where you gather your information, would be I'm sure myself as well as others would be interested in this. Yeah, um, and I'd I'd include that in like the show notes for people to check out for themselves. So no, for that's sure. just afterwards, but. Yeah, I will yeah. definitely do that because it is very interesting stuff and it is very, yeah. um, like, enlightening. And it, the other crazy thing to me is that um, I just think it's fascinating that Ra, like, knew before it was even discovered by science. It's, yeah. it's like, written down in his there's, publications. And there's some crazy stuff out there. There's um, a – so – Again, this is another little tangent, but you're talking about like knowing before we've proven it. Mm -hmm. There was civilizations and I don't know dates. I'm really bad with with dates and when this happened. But it was the same time around when DNA was discovered. The double helix with like the the bars that connect it. Again, I'm not a biologist. I I don't know the proper terminology for that. So, but when that was discovered scientifically and we knew that, okay, this is a thing. Like this is what DNA is. This is what it looks like there were civilizations that were drawing these exact, they they were drawing DNA, like on walls, on paper, maybe not paper, but like on structures and things, they were drawing the double helix and they knew it as the foundation of like life, basically. That is so crazy. And they, these, this happened, obviously, clearly this was way before like there was communication. They could have even known that people were studying this and like there was science behind it. Like this was, this was well before that. So it's like, they knew this double helix was a thing before we knew for a fact it is. And this is what DNA is. And so like, this is just kind of like another, maybe one of those is he knew this without knowing it, without the science knowing it. And then the science confirmed it maybe. I mean, and it also leads up to like, Certain things, some people, I never, ever want to say that anything is impossible because right. it's just, it's such a dumb thing to say in my opinion <laughs> because yeah. like, like who no, like think about the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs didn't like as if they were thinking, but they didn't think that, oh yeah, we're going to get wiped out and then there's going to be an entirely new species taking over the world or people um, didn't know that cars were going to exist or like they thought that they were going to be a horse and buggy forever. I don't even know. So right. Yeah. When people say that things are impossible, I always am like, you have no idea. We honestly have no idea. Like our consciousness is so limited mm-hmm. um, and we're obviously growing and moving towards like a higher consciousness as a collective. But um, when certain things happen that you just know, like science is not science, like learns over time um, and 
you just, you can't determine everything at once. So I always like to say like anything is possible. I don't even know. Maybe one day, like we'll be flying like naturally, who knows? You just don't know. Time tells, but, um, there's just so much that we haven't been exposed to or we haven't had the capacity to consciously think about yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, so (laughs) the whole raw thing is for people, you know, hearing that raw had like heard all of the system from voice and everything like that. I always like to say, like, keep your mind open. But what raw always said about human design was that it's not a belief system. He's not asking you to believe in him or in the system. It's an experiment. So you take the knowledge that the system gives you and it's, it's like a logical system. And then you experiment with the knowledge in your own life. So then you can see how the, the knowledge from the system affects you in your life. And typically it's a very positive result. Um, and also I, when I had my first reading, I was like you, I had absolutely no idea um, what human design was at all. And yeah. my, my boyfriend was at a party and met this woman and she was talking about human design and blah, blah, blah. And I love astrology. I love anything <laughs> woo woo. Um, and so I was very drawn to learning about it. And we went and we grabbed lunch and she explained it to me and she gave me a reading and it was information um, about myself that I had always known, but I had never felt um, reassured, I guess. Mm. It was, it, there were things about me that I felt like were weaknesses throughout my life or things about me that, um, I had always tried to shove kind of like under the rug to try and meld in with the rest of the population. And it turns out that I'm only 20% of the population. I'm a projector and that's my energy type. So it was very natural that I was feeling like very different from other people. I felt that a lot of my projector tendencies were weaknesses when they were really my strengths And she just, it was like getting a permission slip for, for being who I am truly. Mm. It was like an, an opening of uh, my mind and heart to what I've always known I am, but I have never felt the confidence to actually embrace those things about me. Um, Mm. and so that's the beauty of human design is it's really like about empowerment and it's really about self-love and understanding yourself like on uh, a design level, on a genetic level, on a spiritual level, to to really embrace what you were given in this lifetime, and yeah. embrace the design that was imprinted upon you because you were given that for a reason to fulfill a purpose. Hmm. So, what human design tells you tells you many different things, along with um, like how you should be sleeping, how you should be working, how you can digest information and food. Um, how you interact with people, how your aura is, um, your, your gifts and your talents, but it also tells you about your literal life purpose, why you were brought here for like blank reason. Um, and it, 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 it's just a very complex and interesting system that I'm really excited for people to start learning more about themselves because on a collective level, I believe that we are really, heading towards more of a spiritual awareness and more emotional awareness about who we are and the people that surround us um, on a global level as well. 
And they say that there's a karmic shift in human design. There's a karmic shift happening in 2027 where we are evolving Mm -hmm. as beings. And um, a lot of it is going to be centered around our solar plexus, which is where our spirituality and our emotions lie. So we are literally shifting, like the paradigm is shifting, and we are literally becoming more spiritual and emotional beings for the evolvement of our species. Because we don't need to worry about survival anymore. We don't need to worry about um, where we're sleeping or if we're going to be able to eat or hunting or reproducing anymore because we have those comforts. So this is another step in our involvement. And I think that human design is going to be an absolutely amazing step forward for people to understand themselves and respect others and what their designs are as well. Mm. What's with 2027 though? Why that specifically? (laughs) Um, I honestly, I do not know why 2027, but Ra predicted it. And he said that that is when we are moving from nine centered, or we, we already moved from not seven centered beings to nine centered beings. So that means, what is that? Yeah. I believe that that was in the 1700s. Um, and that means that we, so when you look at a human design body graph, if you can, you should go onto uh, mybodygraph.com and load in your birth information and you can take a look at the body graph and you can see that there are there's chakra system mm-hmm. has nine different centers so before the 1700s we had seven centers and that meant that we were just a little less evolved than we were today so we we didn't really have the ability to like really focus on our emotions. We didn't have the ability to um, decide what we wanted to do with our lives because it was very much about um, survival, like pushing your way up through society. And then all of a sudden, like it's just strict evolution, um, yeah. we evolved and we became more emotional beings. We became um, able to decide what we really wanted to do with our lives and what we wanted to pursue with our lives as opposed to focus on, um, you know, making your way up in society so that you can survive. Mm -hmm. And that is just, that is what we are doing in 2027. And I honestly, it's one of those things where I, (laughs) I can't spell out exactly why 2027 other than the fact that like, it must just like be in the Akashic records or something along the lines of that. Like it's time. Yeah it's we're just slowly evolving and it's just like the planets are aligned for that time Mm. i I always get a little skeptical when people (laughs) say certain dates or certain times um well it's not gonna happen all in one day yeah and and that's because that's just the truth like it nothing really has ever happened all in like one day right um and like how many times have people claimed to know things like i mean the, the one that comes to mind is 2012 everyone's like oh, oh the mind yeah. calendar ends 2012 like yeah. we're gonna die and like shit like that and so like that's obviously very different than what you're talking about right now but right. it's like i get a little skeptical like when it's like okay like no it, what's it, really gonna happen like is is anything really gonna happen in 2027 but no but you can idea, see it you yeah. can see it slowly starting to happen i think yeah, i would ag- with like just global situations and stuff yes, like i i would agree it's that. it's kind of revolutionizing how we view the world and how we view our neighbor. Um, okay. And this can go from, you know, like the whole thing that happened with GameStop. Like 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like it, it's like that from I mean, our political world, especially in the US, has completely and totally shifted as well. Um and it, it, it is it's true, it's not gonna be like on the day like January first, twenty twenty seven. Yeah, exactly. People have been saying in different systems to like twenty thirty. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's that time is when we're just gonna start to and everyone's gonna be at a different pace too. Like some people are gonna feel lo- like left behind and confused why people give a shit if people are starving in India or something like that. Um, yeah. Do you think though that that comes from the ability to see everything now that's happening in the world, like from social media, like there is not a single, well, I shouldn't say there's not a single person. There is very few people in this world who don't have a high powered camera in their right. pocket and they can record anything and everything. Like there is the, the travesties that just happened or that are, I think still happening in Israel and mm-hmm. in Jerusalem and stuff like that. Like I've seen some horrible pictures that of like just civilians and babies and stuff like that. So it's like when you see that, how can you not feel sympathy? Right. And feel for and feel emotion for what's going on there where that was not even a thing back in like pre 2000s. I would say 10 years ago, like these would not really even be things that we would see. And now it's just commonplace to see that. So do you think that has to play in it too? Oh, I mean, absolutely. We're just becoming more, more globally conscious as well. And this shifts us biologically too. Like we we shift biologically based off of our environment as well. So I definitely think that just our evolution doesn't necessarily just mean us. It means the technology that we're around. It means mm. our environment that is shifting. It means that there's so much going on under under wraps that we have no idea about, like in, sure. in different dimensions, whatever else, um, that is that is like forming us to 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 evolve and to yeah. become more conscious. And I think that that's almost kind of just like the natural order of things is that we're just, we're consistently raising our vibration and, um, also, yeah, absolutely shifting to our environment and our technology and what we're exposed to for sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you want to kind of get into those, you said something about a projector. Yeah. Uh, The the energy types. the, The energy types. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you are new to human design, the first step is to find out what energy type you are. And like I said before, that's kind of like your sun sign. It's it's your energetic purpose, how you um, how your aura shows up in a room and kind of like what you are here to contribute in the global collective of things. So we have the generator and the generators make up about 70 percent of the population. And there are two types of generators, if you think about them as um, siblings in a way. So we have the pure generator, which makes up 35%, and then the manifesting generator, which makes up the other 35%. And these are energetically um, the creators and the doers of the world. So they are here to literally produce energy and continuously create energy for the rest of the world to to thrive on, to work Mm. on. And they have um, a very open and enveloping aura. When a generator walks into a room, you like feel this like warm, bubbly, kind of like teddy bear energy. It's just exciting energy. It's big energy. Um, And that's because they have a defined sacral. So when you get into um, the mechanics behind your energy type in the human design chart, 
there is a uh, red box where the sacral energy is. And if that is defined, then you are a generator. And definition, so that sacral being defined means that you have consistent energy there. That is always going to be a part of you. You are always going to produce that energy on your own as opposed to having to take it in from your environment or people around you. Um, And when you have your sacral defined, the sacral is life force energy. It is creative energy. It is Mm -hmm. sexual energy. It is just like big, juicy. We're doing things. Things are happening. We're getting things like like rolling type of thing energy that generators have. And it is unique to a generator. So the generators are here. They're the shakers. They're the movers. They're the doers. Would you consider the generators extroverts in life? So, Or is that... It's yeah. interesting because human design, people really like to try and make uh, human design into a personality test, kind of, because yeah, that's what we're used sure. to, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. We're used to um, the Enneagram, the Enneagram the, and all of that stuff. The, and yeah, for it's a little bit more of like, yes, like there are going to be generators that are extroverted just because their aura does that to people. Like it's like big, like warm aura, but... Yeah. It's not to say that there aren't going to be generators that are introverted. And that's just because this is how your energy flows throughout your body. It's not necessarily your personality. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, it's more of a instead of hmm, I would say like extrovert to me is how I if I'm like all over the place and like really loud and just my hands are, are all over and I'm like just exciting versus like like you said when you walk in a room just your and en- it's the energy it's the that, energy that emits that you bring people. with no matter yeah okay okay right I, I right and and that is definitely like a shift for people because they're like trying to pin personality on everything but I mean yeah Everyone's going to have a different personality. Plus, 70% of the population are generators, and it doesn't mean that every single one of them is going to be an extrovert. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, that's a, that's a big percentage. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, that would be a really fun planet, but like, <laughs> <laughs> super lit planet. Um, but so, yeah, it's just like, it's just mechanics, it's energy okay. mechanics. Um, and so, yes, exactly. Like, how your aura feels. Like, when someone walks into a room, you know, and you just like, feel that energy it's like for sure it's like i don't know it's just big and it's kind of juicy and warm and when so um when generators are aligned when they're actually like aware of their design and they're following their design um it just gets better it gets Mm -hmm. bigger it gets juicier it gets more magnetic um and that is the beauty of the generator is to really have that creative life force energy that fuels the world it fuels the energy of the world it gives the world like this movement Um, and so then we also have manifestors and manifestors are 10% of the population and they are, they don't have sacral energy, but they are the people that are here to start things. They're like the spark. They're not like Mm -hmm. generators. They don't have sacral energy. So they're not like really big, like moving and shaking people, but Mm -hmm. they are impactful. Their aura is very impactful when they walk into a room, like, they, they say that it can sometimes be repelling and it's, it's mm. not meant to be like a uh, offensive thing whatsoever, but it's so impactful that sometimes people don't want to be impacted. Like when a, yeah. when a manifestor walks into a room and they're usually just like very unique, they're unique. They have a certain way of that, like about them that that can be rep- repelling to people because they're like, Whoa, like I don't want to be impacted by that energy. But okay. 
for manifestors, certain people are going to be really drawn to that uniqueness. They're going to be really drawn to that impactful energy. And that is what the manifestor is here to do is to draw people in that are meant for it and then spark things. And when they spark things, they have these um, spontaneous urges that they Mm. feel. So if you think about in ancient times, the manifestors were like the kings and the queens or they were the pharaohs. They were um, the Mm. warrior king or whatever. And then they had like their little minions, you know, that that, Mm. like went underneath them. Um, And in ancient times, those were the generators. So the generators see what the manifestor is starting or like sparking up. Could, may that be a project or a war back then or something yeah. along the lines of that that's revolutionizing things. And the generators can see what's happening. They respond and they say, yes, I want to follow that or no, not for me. Um, but when they do that, when they say yes, they give their energy to the manifestor's cause. And they're the movers and the shakers. They're the ones building the pyramids. They're the ones going off to war underneath the manifestor. And back then, you know, that was just an abuse of power. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a lot of people building the pyramids were slaves. <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> unfortunate. I don't uh, whether they liked it or not, they were going to be movers and shakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but like that's that was the energetic way yeah. of like things back then. And um, projectors are came about actually. I don't remember exactly when. I think it was like. I don't know. The, the manifestors, manifesting generators and generators were the first energy types in the planet. And then um, the projectors came later as we evolved as a species. And the projectors are 20% of the population and they are the guides of energy. So I'm a projector and um, we don't have sacral energy either. So it's really, really exhausting for projectors to try and keep up with generators. And it's really exhausting for projectors to try and um, initiate things like a manifester. And in the society that we have today, we're all taught that we're supposed to be manifestors. Like we're meant to just like, if you want something, you go out and you do it. Like you just, you make it happen. You go out there, you, you just, you put it out there and you make it happen. And that's just simply like against the mechanics of the energy of your specific energy type. We all manifest in a different way. And so that was a very big like portion is deconditioning from the idea that we're all manifestors and that we're all generators and that we're all this and that. Like I was as a projector, I was so confused why I was so freaking tired all the time. <laughs> and I was trying to keep up with the generators in my life. And um, projectors are not here to create energy like generators are or to initiate things like manifestors are. They are here to guide the energy of the generator as opposed to creating the energy. So for me, I have always been really comfortable being someone that people come to for advice um, or being like more of a guide. Like they describe projectors as think about, um, you know, the elephants and um, the jaguars and the giraffes or whatever playing in the dirt. The projectors are the birds in the trees. So if we were to try and go down and like fly down there and hang out with all those, we would get trampled and no one would see us. No one would care. So what we're supposed to do is we have a really like brilliant perspective and we say, oh, you could be more efficient if you did this. Or Mm -hmm. if you took this route instead of this route, then it would it would work out better. And that um, that was like a really eye opening thing for me because I was like, 
my life is really shitty right now trying to work like a generator. Um, so that was really enlightening for me as a projector. Um, and they make up 20%. And then lastly, we have reflectors, which make up 1% of the population. Um, and they are very unique and interesting beings, but their energetic purpose is to literally take in all of the energy of the environment they are around. They are a completely open chart. So if you were to look at a reflector's body graph, it is completely white. It is completely open. Whereas most of us have one or two boxes colored, or we have our whole chart colored. Um, they are completely and totally undefined, which means that they take in all of the energy that surrounds them. They have no consistent energy that they make themselves within their body. They're a, literally a product of their environment. Yeah. So it's funny when people say, um, I'm in a relationship with a reflector and you get mad at a reflector for something, typically it's something that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that they're just like reflecting back to you. And yeah. they, are, they are the chameleons in a sense. And it's really important for reflectors to put themselves in environments that they like um, because they become their environment. And their, their energetic purpose is to reflect back to us as a society, as a collective, what we are doing well and what we are not doing well. So they are like our reality check, kind yeah. of in a sense. If we don't like what we're seeing from the reflector in our environment, then that's something that we're doing. That's our bad. Um, and they're, they're very interesting, very sensitive beings. And I've actually, I've yet to meet a reflector when I do, I'm like going to fangirl, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, 1%, I mean, I guess there's a lot of, or 1% of what, 7.8 billion? Yeah. Is that, yeah, so still a lot of people, but. I know. I mean, 1% compared to 99 is, uh, it's, it's a challenge. It is. Can you, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I just, I, I think that they're, I've like always, you know how you somehow subconsciously like pick a favorite, like my favorite is the reflector. <laughs> and you're not it. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> how does <it>. that feel? <laughs> yeah, well, some people are really pissed when they find out what their energy type is. And yeah. it's kind of funny because they're like, I don't want to be that. Like, I, <laughs> like, why do I have to be like, I know a lot of projectors that are like, what? Like, I don't have life force energy. Like, fuck that, you know, like, what is, like, what is that supposed to mean for me? But then, yeah. you know, you end up loving it anyways, because like, it just somehow resonates. And it just somehow like, allows you to be who you truly are. And then I love yeah. being a projector now, because it just feels good to follow the projector strategy and the projector, like tactics and stuff. Like, mm. it just feels so much better. Well, it makes sense. It's like, if you're I don't know. Like I've I've figured out things that have worked well for me and just tried to pursue those things that work well for me. And like my way of doing that is this was a tactic given to, given to me from a friend. He basically just he's like where is your battery throughout the day? Like your battery of energy. He's like so when you do a task did that suck some of the energy out of you or yeah. did it refill your energy? And he's like and his his uh, recommendation was to every single task you do throughout a day or throughout the week or throughout the month, he's like put like he's like write it down and put like a little plus or minus next to it or like a circle if it's neutral or something. And uh, I haven't been that diligent about it, but like mentally I do make notes, especially when I'm drained. Yeah. I make notes of what's draining me. Like that's like a this it's just clear to me at this point. Um, so I feel like that's. 
That's kind really of, relevant. Yeah, kind of relevant is if you start to pick up on those patterns of okay, every time I do this, mm-hmm. I am drained or I'm fulfilled, and so it's like, what does that mean? And for me, it's just like pursue that, pursue the things that make me, that give me life, that give me energy. And right. So that's, that's what I try to do now. It sounds like this is like a more like honed in version of it. That. Is, yeah. It's a little bit more complex, but the idea is so similar. Um, yes. Yeah. Especially when it comes to generators, um, because, mm-hmm. because generators are the ones that are producing energy yeah. when, when they are, we, okay. So each type also has a strategy, which means that okay. this is how you can decide if decisions are good for you or not. Um, so the generator strategy is to respond and people get really confused by this and it's like, it, it's not literally to respond, like to speak necessarily, but you as a generator, if you're a generator are meant to wait for life to come to you. And this can be opportunities. This can be dinner. Like you smell something, you smell coffee or you smell tea, or, um, you are in the, looking at the newspaper and there's an ad for a house that you're responding to life. You're not going out there and like trying to make things happen. You wait for life to come to you and then say you smell tea. Um, and anything that you can pick up with your five senses is something to respond to as a generator. You smell tea and you feel like this physical feeling of energy building up inside you for that thing. So you mm. can you can smell the tea and be like, ooh, I want that. And it's it's a response to something that is ha- that is coming to you from like just life. And that means that's like a yes, you should go for that. You should go and get the tea. <laughs> or that can even be for jobs. You know, you're you're talking to someone about being an architect or something and you go and you see them working and doing stuff with like architecture and you feel this physical buildup of energy and it's like an excitement or it's like a like a desire. And that is your sacral telling you, yes, you have energy for that. Like that, that's exciting. That, that makes me want to do that. And yeah. then, yes, that's a yes for you. But the problem is, is that um, in life or since we're kids, this is where a lot of conditioning comes in. We're taught that we need to sacrifice things. Um, mm. And we're taught that sometimes you just have to do some things, even if you don't want to, even if it drains your energy, like you just have to do it. And what human design is saying is no, like when you, when you force yourself, say you go to the architecture building and you're watching your friend do architecture and you see it happening and you feel nothing. Like, it's just like, eh, but you're like, but it'll pay a lot. And, um, like it'll look good on my resume and I should, whenever you hear a should, should, yeah, yeah, it's a bad word. (laughs) It's a bad word. You should always be looking out for the shoulds. Um, yeah because your body is so intelligent and is telling you what you have energy for and what you do not have energy for. So if Mm. you take this architecture job as a generator, you're going to work at it because you still have sacral energy, but it's not going to be sustainable energy. It is going to make you feel burnout. It is going to make you feel frustration. And that's because your sacral is not responding with an uh-huh to that. It's responding with an uh-huh. And so when you finally start to understand, like, your physical responses, that is literally something like your body telling you, yes, you will have sustainable energy for that. You will be happy doing that and you will be successful because you have sustainable energy doing that. 
Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a deconditioning process. It's absolutely a deconditioning process. And that's a huge part of human design is deconditioning these ideas that we have been taking on since we were kids. For yeah. me as a projector, my de- my deconditioning involves productivity because I'm a projector. I, I don't work like a generator. I can't like every day wake up and like go, go, go for hours. Yeah. And that's like what the, the world encourages. And so my deconditioning process is being like, I need to work smarter, not harder. And that is just how my energy works. I do not have consistent energy like a generator. Yeah. That's interesting because I've... So I guess like my mind goes to a few different things when you're, when you're saying that not knowing, I feel like I'm a generator. <laughs> I feel like you are too. <laughs> just based on what you're saying, like, yeah. and especially with that feeling thing, I've in the last, the last, what, like three years, I, uh, it's a lot, a lot has changed in my life in the last three years. And I feel like I've grown a lot. And one of the things that I've grown into is listening to my gut is what I've always called it. Yes. It's yeah. following my gut instincts. And when I've done that, it's always bred beauty, whether like it yeah. went the way I thought it was going to, or went the way like, or it didn't. And at the moment I was like, Oh man. And then I realized, Oh, that's actually, it worked out that that didn't happen. Right. Um, I've, just noticed where acting on those things and it's funny that you bring up the the tea thing too like obviously we're we're drinking tea and stuff but every morning i pretty much wake up and i have a tea cabinet like just right right over there and i pretty much just like stand there and i like look and i'm like kind of just like and then i like to scan and then i'm like ooh. That one sounds nice. Yeah. And then I just grab that. Like, I don't, like, wake yeah. up and, like, I don't do, like, green tea, like, every morning. Like, I need matcha in the morning and then I need, like, black tea in the afternoon. Like, no, I'm just, like, like I wake up. And sometimes I wake up and, like, immediately, like, I'm just craving a tea or something. Like, and I'm, right. like, I got to go get that. <laughs> like, so, like, soon. I still do, like, my morning routines, but I'm, like, it's something to look forward to. And so that's just, like, I've always told people it's kind of like a my my what I preach now is like just listening to your gut but like I I realize that's probably not for everybody it's it works for me and it's just like like I said it it has worked for me and um the times when I don't listen to it are probably my biggest like regrets in life is is when I think back and like just everything throughout life when I haven't acted on that and for me, I've always blamed it on just like confidence. Like I just like lacked confidence to to do the thing, which a lot of it is that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, yeah, curious <laughs> what you think about like the confidence no. thing. Cause I mean, absolutely. Like I, I understand the confidence thing too. Me too. Yeah. Um, there have definitely been things where I'm like, ah, yeah, no. But in a generator sense, it can't like it's not really confidence because if you truly desired it, if you truly wanted it, like you were gonna be successful. But mm-hmm. because you have the sustainable energy for it, because you love it, because you feel desire for it, because it drives you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can blame it on confidence and all that stuff too. <laughs> like, um, but at the end of the day, like you just, you didn't have the desire. You didn't have the sustainable energy for it. And um, it's really interesting to me to hear, to, to teach people about their sacral, the gut, um, yeah. and everything, because I don't, I don't know what it's like <laughs> because I'm a projector. 
So sure. I don't have the sacral energy that's saying uh-huh or uh-uh. And the sacral mm. gives a very um, guttural noise. So a really good way for you to decide if a decision is good for you or not is to really like get, get into your body and think like uh-huh or uh-uh. And it, it, those are the sounds that it communicates. And you can just like feel it. And the more that you pay attention to it and the more that you do small things with it, like picking out your tea in the morning or what you want for breakfast or what show you want to watch, um, then that translates into bigger decisions um, if you want to move somewhere. And the, so it, it communicates in yes or no, uh-huh or uh-uh. And you have to ask it yes or no questions or this or that questions. So when it comes to bigger decisions, like you have to be like, do you want to move to Florida? Like you're going to feel like a, uh uh-huh or a, uh uh-huh. And then that's, that's your sign. Like that is literally like your decision making. And in human design, uh, we say that the mind is a tool. It's not a decision maker because the mind doesn't know what the body has. Like, the mind doesn't understand the unconsciousness of the body and the power that the body holds. Um, and so when, when you're thinking about, you know, what should I do? If you ask an open-ended question, um, the sacral gets confused. It gets a little jumbled up because it's too, it's too much. It needs a yes or no. It needs a this or that. So whenever you're thinking about, um, doing something, have your friend ask you yes or no questions or this or that questions. And then listen to your physical, like gut saying like, "Uh uh-huh or "Uh uh-uh. And then, um, you can just narrow it down. And sometimes Mm. when you get an "Uh uh-uh, it doesn't mean never. It just means not right now. Or like, you know, if you were asked, do you want to open a coffee shop? Um, right now and you're going to, uh, uh, it doesn't mean that in 15 years you can get asked the same question and you might have a different physical response. It just means I do not have the energy for that right now. Um, and also it's really interesting when you look into, uh, manifesting generators and generators because manifesting generators have a little bit of manifestor energy within them as well, which makes them really fast moving people. Um, and it also, differentiates them from the generator because the generator is like here for mastery. It responds to something, it gets an uh uh-huh and it wants to stick with that. It wants to master that. Whereas the manifesting generator has the sacral Mm. energy, but it also has the, the manifestor energy that has these spontaneous urges that's kind of making them bounce off the walls. (laughs) So They'll be really drawn to something, yeah. but unlike a like a, the generator side to them wants to stick in it and really like master it. But the manifestor side is like, actually, I'm bored of that now. Let's go and do this now. And so <laughs> <laughs> yes. the, the manifesting generator is really interesting in that sense because each type also teaches us a lesson. So the generator lesson is like there is beauty yeah. and energy. There is beauty in deciding what you truly desire and um, life isn't meant to be full of sacrifices. It's meant to be um, lighting yourself up because when you do that, you light up the world around you. You add to the energy around you and people are like drawn to that energy. Um, and then the manifesting generator teaches us that life is not really meant to be linear. Manifesting generators bounce off the walls. They might be, they're a jack of all trades energy type. So for five years, mm-hmm. they might be, um, 
in the restaurant business. And then like two years later, or two years later, they're traveling the world and then they're an actor and then um, they're an artist or they're a business person. You know, they just, Mm -hmm. they're not meant to be linear. And my mom is a manifesting generator and her whole life, she felt like uh, a failure because she couldn't stick through with something. And especially her generation was... For sure. You pick something, you master it, you stick with it, you stay with the company for 40 years. And um, she was like, she felt like a failure her entire life. And when I told her um, her energy type and her human design, she was like, this changes everything. This makes me feel so, like, I I feel so validated. Um, And the projector (laughs) teaches us that... um, that you don't need to be productive to be successful, that sometimes um, it is really beneficial to just guide as opposed to like try and go, go, go all day. And it's a very big lesson and a deconditioning factor to just allow yourself to, to appreciate your differences and appreciate um, how you are different from the rest of the energy types and the importance of being able to guide and to, yeah. to have that big perspective. Um, And then the reflector teaches us that, you know, environment is really important, that you're supposed to be around what makes you feel good. And you're not meant to be around things that drag you down or make you into someone that you don't like to be. Would would you say, though, I feel like there's a little is is there like are you for sure like just 100 percent, let's say a generator or 100 percent a manifesting generator? Because. I mean, I like being in a nice environment and I, and yeah. I, I don't know what I am. No, I don't know no. what I am, but I like being in an environment that makes me happy too. I don't yeah, want to be in an environment no. that drags me down. So it's like, obviously that was an example, right? but is there there's like crossover? So, so it's interesting because there's so much more that goes into the chart than okay. just your energy type. And yeah, okay. so... There, like, so much more that goes into the chart. So these are very general things. These are just, like, lessons that I have coincided with the energy type and that people have coincided with the energy type is that, um, like, we're all different and we're meant to be, you know, really, like, focusing on these lessons, like, as a universal type of a thing, too. Like, if I'm a projector and my life isn't linear, it doesn't mean that I'm a manifesting generator, but the manifesting generator is here to, like, really, like, portray that lesson to the rest of the world. Um, But when it comes to environment and things like that, um, you kind of get into your centers that are in your human design chart. So you have your energy type, you have the strategy, which is how you should be making decisions. Um, For the generators, like I said, it's to respond. For manifestors, it's to inform. And for projectors, it's wait for the invitation. And for reflectors, it's wait a lunar cycle, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. very interesting because reflectors are such open beings. Um, they're really, really connected to the moon, and they also have so much energy flowing into their bodies, like from the environment, from people that they're around, that they need as much time as possible, like thirty days, to really decide if a decision is good for them or not. Because they have so much influencing energy going throughout their bodies. Like, they're a different person every day. So, mm. so they really need, like, the 30 days to, like, go through all of the themes and really, like, just wait on that <laughs> yeah. before they make a decision that's good for them. 
Um, so you have the strategy. Those are the strategies. That's how you should make decisions. And then you have your authority, which is another part as to how you make decisions. Um, and that kind of involves more of your centers. So there are nine centers in the body graph. And they each have a different theme that kind of aligns with the chakras. They each have yeah. a different theme. So um, the first authority is typically emotional authority. And you can see that in your body graph. If you, um, if you go to mybodygraph.com and you pull it up, you can look to the right at the keynotes and see what your authority is. And 50% of the world is emotionally defined. And um, the other 50% is emotionally undefined. Um, so that means that for emotionally defined people, it is really important for you to wait through your emotions and like wait through your emotional wave as well as follow your strategy before making decisions. So say you're a generator okay. and you're responding to something and you get the uh-huh, mm -hmm. that's, that's step one. That's like, yes, you're good. Like you should be going for that. But then you're also, if you're emotionally defined, that means that you have an emotional wave. And that means that you could be at a high or a low. And mm. everyone has a specific emotional wave. So if you're getting an uh-huh response, but you're at a low point in your wave, it's going to be clouded. Because you're going to be like, someone asks you to go to the movies and you're like, uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, but like, I don't want to go. I'm like, really like not feeling it, blah, blah, blah. Like you're, you're, that's clouding with your, your response. Sure. So it's best for you to like weigh out the emotional wave, decide if you're at an emotionally neutral part in your wave, and then you'll mm -hmm. be really clear on your decision. Okay. Um, and then if you're not emotionally defined, which means that you actually don't have an emotional wave, um, then the next authority is sacral. So if you're a generator and you don't, you're not emotionally defined, then like you can just only rely on your sacral and like you're going to be good mm. kind of a thing. And there are many different authorities. There's splenic authority, sacral authority, emotional authority, um, ego authority. And that gets like a little bit more complicated, but it's like, yeah. it's like a second step process to your decision making. And then, um, like I said before, all the centers have a different theme. So some of your centers are going to be open, um, which means that you take in the energy from the environment around you or people around you in that center. So for me, my sacral is open always. So when I am around generators that have defined sacrals, they have that consistent sacral energy and I do not, I take in their sacral energy and that can... And then I amplify it. So it can make mm. me bounce off the walls. Like <laughs> for like, you know, a, a small amount of time, but I am bouncing yeah. off the walls. I'm getting my shit done. I have my shit together. Like we are going off. We are going hard. And then I crash because I am not meant to hold on to that energy for that long. I like, I just don't have the capacity, but it's interesting because some people have open throats and the throat is communication, manifestation, bringing things out into the material world. Um, and it's funny because when you're around an undefined throat, sometimes you can tell that they're undefined because they won't shut up. And like, <laughs> and it's really, it's really funny. And it's really great for like social situations and stuff because for they're sure. just really, really chatty. Yeah. Um, but 
they are literally taking in the energy from defined throats around them. And they're like, yes, we have it. Like, like we're going to go off. Like, let's do this. Like, and they're so unconscious, like it's unconsciously happening for them, but it really cracks me up because like, I'm, I'm a defined throw and sometimes I'll be around at an undefined throat and I'm like, holy shit. Like you can talk like, (laughs) just all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like out of nowhere. And they're just like, they're chatting my ear off and it's so funny, but it's Mm -hmm. like a really good example as to, um, how like regaining energy by being around certain people, like regaining energy in those open centers really impacts you, um, as a person. Yeah. So if you're emotionally undefined and you're in around an emotional person, um, and these are all just terms, by the way, like you can be an emotional person and like have yeah. an emotional or have your emotions undefined, but you pick up on other people's emotions. So if you're at work and someone's on the low point of their emotional wave, you're going to unconsciously pick up that like negative emotion. For sure. And you're going to wonder, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling so low? Why am I feeling so melancholic? I don't understand. Mm. And that's typically because you you literally went there. You took in the energy. And now you have to go home. And like what I tell emotionally undefined people is like just clear it out. It's not yours to hang on to. Mm. Um, but it makes them really empathetic people too. Even if okay. Even if they don't want to be, they are because when they're around people that have that energy, they feel it. They like yeah. literally feel it. Um, so it's interesting too, when it comes to relationships, because we're typically drawn to people that have the opposite. So the opposite, what like the opposite center defined. Center so defined. if I have, um, if I have an undefined root, I'm going to be drawn to people with a defined root because they like, it's like a puzzle piece. They fill that for me. They fill that gap for me. They give me that energy that I don't typically have. Okay. Um, and vice versa. So it's you interesting. Have, can you have other like multiple undefined things? Can you be like undefined in like everything? Yeah. When you're undefined in everything, you're a reflector. Oh, that's yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah. Like a, white, a white space on the, um, yeah, the, the body chart. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also when it comes to like the, the generators being getting that, uh, huh, like thing and listening to that, what do you say for people who have like addictions and they're always getting that, uh, huh, like I want that, whether it's like a sugar addiction or like a hard drug addiction or an alcohol, like something like, what do you, what? That's so different, that's, right? Because that's definitely not, different. <laughs> it's it is different because it is like we know that, but like that's blurry. So right? that's yeah, it definitely gets blurry and it gets confusing because the mind like interferes there a lot because a mm. lot of our addiction is like in our brain, um, mm. and so it's important to differentiate like the mind from the gut. So the gut is going to have a really specific feeling like, I don't even know what, like, this is where it gets hard for me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you're not, yeah, I don't have you're it. Not. but no, I, I actually do know that, that I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. A lot of times I like, if something excites me and uh, like, I've always said, like, if something excites me, I know immediately in the gut. And then typically my mind brings in the, 
well, what mm-hmm. if this happens? The like the, it's the, yeah, the shoulds like, well, like, should we do that? Like, are you sure about that? Like, what if you get hurt? What if you, whatever, I don't uh-huh. know, just whatever the example is. Um, so I've kind of understood that and comprehended, I think, like you said, like the immediate, what's the immediate thought or the immediate feeling. Um, and if and it's a, like a, it's like a, like a desire. It's different it's, from, it's yeah. different from like an addiction desire. Like I need that. It's like, <laughs> it's more of like a, I want that, like that Brit that makes me feel lit up that like, that brings me like soul like vibes, mm, you know? Yeah. Yes, like, I, I do get that. I and, build the energy for that because it's exciting me, like a generator, mm, like okay. like a literal generator. Like you're building the energy yep. for it, and then yep. um, addiction is like I need that. Like I I like really need that. You know, it's, not, yeah. it's a different kind of want, um, and it it just feels different. Like it feels physically different. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's it's like makes me think of um, my grandma. She for like my whole life, she was super addicted to smoking cigarettes. Like she smoked cigarettes her whole life. Then she started to experience signs of Alzheimer's. And like now she's completely pretty much like, unfortunately like checked out. Um, but Aww. when it was happening, one of the things that we all like as a family, like noticed was she also stopped smoking. Like, <laughs> cold turkey like just she stopped and we're like wow that's so interesting like what happened and then like we all kind of like talked about and we're like do you think like this is just because her mind isn't like leaving like that she's just kind of forgot to smoke or like she's like forgetting like forgetting that she wants that or like and so like that made me like kind of really think like what is addiction? Like, this is weird. Like this like kind of changes. Cause we, everyone talks about physical addiction and I mean, I've never been like physically addicted. I've had weekends where I've binge drink and then experience like the, the, the like hangover and the withdrawals, like afterwards, right. I'm not proud of those moments, but I've done it. And we all um, have. yeah. And, but like, I don't know. It just made me think, because yeah. I was like, what is this? This is wild. Well, also, if you think about it, like your chemicals in your brain, um, mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of addiction. Um, yeah. Your dopamine levels, your your serotonin levels, that's all like up here. That's all in the brain. And um, when it's starting to feel like it's lacking that, then your brain tells you, get more. You know, like mm-hmm. you need more, mm-hmm. get more. And sure. um, like your body doesn't necessarily benefit from it. If you think about it, like Mm. your body is not benefiting from your addiction, but your mind is. Yeah. So that's where I think the difference is for sure. And that's so interesting about your grandma. And I think that that really does correlate. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a, a fascinating thing. Like, I mean, it was an, like, obviously it's, I know I'm so sorry. But I mean, it's it, it's an unfortunate. There's a lot of things like no one knows like how Alzheimer's like comes about. But just like some of the things like noticing, yeah, you pick up on it and you're like, this that's weird. It's interesting. And even like now, like I don't know, like Alzheimer's is a completely separate topic. But like that's a, it's it is weird because some like she's basically at this point she's she can't communicate. She can't like she can't move her body at this point. But occasionally. 
she'll say a name. Like she'll pop up and say someone's name. And like sometimes like, you know, like she'll just like look and like see you and you know, like, oh, you know yeah, it's me. You're recognizing like, me. Yeah, you, you know me. Like and like some like for some reason my mom, my mom and her and it's my dad's mom. But my mom and her have like a connection in a way, like where like she'll sometimes look at her and be like, like Mia, like that's my mom. My mom's name, Mia, and she'll say my mom's name, and it's like really nice. And I'm like, that's so cute. It is, it is, and it's it's like I said, super unfortunate, and there's like been a lot of obviously like stress and and sadness around it, but it's just looking at it from like that perspective, like almost like a scientific perspective. It's like. What's going on? Like this is this is bizarre. No, that is like, super seeing, interesting. Yeah, and uh, Jack asked me that too. Actually, I think in our in maybe our that's why Instagram yeah, live. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, like I hadn't really thought about it. I guess, but then like when I thought about the mechanics of like the chart and stuff, I was like, yeah, it's definitely a mental thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely a mental thing. Um, yeah. But I mean, at least you stopped smoking. <laughs> yeah there you go. I, I know i know like the the positives of it yeah. <laughs> not many but yeah that was a, that was a positive yeah no that's um, pretty good yeah so i guess uh keep going yeah, <laughs> yeah just keep going I, this is all super fascinating oh glad i'm really glad okay um so after you kind of discover what your centers are and everything like that that definitely influences a lot of things. Like for instance, um, if you have an open spleen, then when you're around people, you take in other people's fears. And um, is spleen related to fear? It is. Yes. Okay. What does that? So, like, what do you mean by that? How does? So the spleen is all about survival, and um, it's just it's making us afraid of things, and sometimes that's good for survival purposes. But at the same time, um, it can be bad because it just naturally sparks fear for certain things. And depending on what gates or channels come out or what gates come out of your spleen, your fears are um, a little bit more detailed in the sense that like there's a fear, um, a fear gate that aligns with um, responsibility, like having too much responsibility. Yeah. Just like certain things like that. And when your spleen is open, then that means that you're taking in splenic energy. So when you're in a room, my, um, so the woman that gave me a reading once gave me a really good example. And she said that she was at a party one time and she had like immense anxiety. And she was like, why am I freaking out right now? Like I'm literally freaking out. (laughs) And she was trying to think to herself, like, where is this coming from? Like, what, what could be freaking me out this way? Why am I feeling this? And then she looked over and she remembered that um, her friend's boyfriend actually had like extreme anxiety. And so this was a social situation. They hadn't been out in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And he had his anxiety, like his splenic energy was like radiating outwards. And she has an open spleen. So she's taking that in. So what she did is she went um, into like a private room and she just like took a couple breaths, like just said, this energy is not mine. And she released it and then she went out and she had a great time. Hmm. So this is where human design also becomes really beneficial because if you know your chart, if you understand like your open centers and things like that, when you're in situations that are typically very confusing and overwhelming, 
you you can relate it to something and you can kind of learn how to pinpoint what that is exactly. So that could be um, like with the spleen, with fears, that could be with the emotions. Um, and that's like the beauty of it is just learning the, the mechanics of yourself so that you can help yourself in different situations. So um, the open centers are really, really fascinating. And I mean, they also have gifts too, because if you have an open spleen, you also can be very intuitive Yeah. because the spleen is um, like governs intuition and fear. So that means that one day you could have like a really um, prophetic dream or the other day you just like have a feeling or you have a knowing because you are picking up intuition from like intuitive energy. Um, and then after you get through the open centers and the defined centers, the deeper you go into the chart, um, if you look at a body graph, you can see these lines and they are gates and channels. And those gates and channels are your, your talents, your skills, um, certain, certain consistent energies that you have within you that are like given to you for a purpose. Like mm. they're, um, they connect the centers to each other. So whichever centers that they are connected to, they are kind of going along with that theme. Um, and when you figure out what your gates and your channels are, then you can kind of start to understand like in career or um, in certain things like that, like, oh, I have this to offer, like a lot, like this is a big part of me and I should look for something that involves this trait or involves this gift. Um, And I have a friend that I just did a reading for and she has her emotional solar plexus attached to her throat. So if you think of that as your emotions are going through this channel that connects to the way that you speak, the way that you bring things out into existence, the way that you bring things out into a material plane. And she's going into therapy. So that is like an extremely beneficial channel for that because it's literally taking emotional energy and expressing it. Yeah. So that means that she can like, she can easily speak about her feelings. She can easily start to like understand emotion and express that to people. So therapy is like a wonderful option for her. Yeah. Um, And after you go through your gates and your channels, then you come across your incarnation cross and your incarnation cross is your purpose. Mm. And um, it was really interesting for me because when I discovered my human design chart and everything, like I just, I went into full study mode. I was like, I'm obsessed. (laughs) I was like, I'm obsessed. I need to know everything. I need to like, I need to figure it out. Yeah. So I took um, my certification course and everything, but my, my incarnation cross is the right angle cross of service, which means that like my purpose, like the reason that I was incarnated into this life is to be of service to people and to guide people to a new understanding, to guide people into like breaking, breaking the rules of the old and bringing them into the new, into the better. Hmm. And so you actually if you follow your design, you become your incarnation cross. So it was funny to me because like I'm learning how to do human design for people because I believe that it is important for people to truly understand who they are and know who they are and go throughout life confident 
um, in their energy and what they're here to give and what they're here to offer. And my incarnation cross literally says that. (laughs) And I didn't even know. And then I learned about it. And I was like, I am becoming my incarnation cross just by naturally following who I am. So you, yeah, so you learned about this incarnation cross kind of after you started this path on human design? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was going to ask you, like, did you learn about that and then started pursuing it because you felt like it was, like, what I needed to do? But now that makes that makes a little more sense then. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it's really, it's interesting because in a reading I will tell people their incarnation cross and they're kind of like, huh, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cool. And it takes a little bit for them to, like, you know, resonate with whatever it is that their cross is. But then if you look at their entire chart, it's many, many small pieces, but it all makes like a big, beautiful picture. Um, And if they, if they truly like experiment with the design and they follow the design, like they become the incarnation cross. Like it's, it's very interesting in that way that if you just are simply who you are, you live out your purpose. And what people need to learn is just, who you are, you know, and, and how, how you're meant to interact with the world around you. And typically, like I said before, it feels very natural, but you have to like allow yourself to actually do it yeah. and to actually feel it. Um, and then the other fun thing is learning about your profile and your profile is, um, kind of gets into a little bit more of personality, I would say. Um, so it's kind of fun. Like, in the human design community, we always say, oh, like for me, I'm I'm a one three emotional projector. So it's basically like telling people like your sun, moon and rising, like astrology wise, but human yeah. design terms. Um, and your profile is two numbers. So I'm a one three. Um, you could be a two four or and it just goes from one to six. And that involves the the Chinese I Ching and the hexagrams and stuff, and that gets really in depth. But each number stands for um, like a different a different theme in a sense. So I'm a one three, which means that on the inside. So if you remember, we were talking about the conscious or the unconscious. On the inside, um, that is my conscious. That is my mind. So my one is my mind or my personality. This is how I view myself. Yeah. And then. The three is on the outside. That is my unconscious. That is my body. That is how um, I interact with the world with my body. And typically, people like notice the traits of your outside number. So the three, the unconscious, because you're it's literally unconscious to you. You don't even yeah. realize it's happening, but people see it happening. So it's kind of interesting. And the one um, is all about foundation. So that makes me a researcher. That makes me someone that really likes to be prepared um, before I go into other things. And it makes me a truth seeker. So I'm consistently always, always like researching things, trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to decide what is the truth, what is not the truth. Um, And I love foundation. I love feeling like secure um, in friendships and family, um, financially, like things like that. Like the one is about foundation and security. Yeah. The three is what we call the martyr. And that means that the martyr is like the experimenter, the one that like just like goes out and like sees what works and what doesn't. Like if you think about it as a kid, like going out and like sticking their finger in the electrical socket and getting shocked and being like, 
oh my God, you guys, like you probably shouldn't go and put your finger in the electrical socket. And everyone's like, yeah. thanks. Like, <laughs> I already knew that. But yeah. <laughs> but um, that's like the three energy and it's very experimental energy. It's like, for sure. It's meant to be out there and to be trying things that most people are looking at you like you have three heads, but like you're doing it and you're unconsciously doing it, but you're doing it so that you can teach people. You're the martyr. You're going out there. You're trying it for yourself Mm. and you're coming back and you're informing people like what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting because they're very contradictory and most profiles are contradictory. Like you have two sides Um, and the beauty is just accepting both sides. So for me, like accepting the fact that I always want to have all the details, like I'm always going to be a preparer, like I always always have to be the researcher knowing what's going on before I go through with things, but I have to accept that my life is going to be a lot of experimentation, uh, a lot of me sticking my finger in the electrical socket, and just enjoying the ride, kind of. So there are many different numbers. that go with your profile, but it's really interesting to figure out um, which one you are because if your your incarnation crosses your purpose, your profile is the style as to which you get there. So for me, with the right angle cross of service, um, the style as to how I'm going to get there is through research, which is my one, and experimentation, which is just like going out there, making it happen, and then telling people about it. So interesting that like is the, the avenue as to how I'm going to go and reach my purpose. Yeah. Can you be like a one, one? No, it's always going to be a different you can't number. Have, yeah. I was like, you can't have like the same number. Right. Okay. No, you can't have the same number, but, um, the, your profile also tells you a little bit about your karma. So, um, there's personal karma which means that you you came into this lifetime basically with your past lives like erased um, mm. from your memory. You know, like you're here to personally grow. Like this is your time to just be here doing your shit. Like I, as a personal karma, like I can be sitting in my room and like have an aha moment and like find my purpose like by myself. Yeah. Um, and then there's transpersonal karma people which are here to genuinely like interact with others and that is a big part of their purpose their purpose involves or their karma involves people like that is a big part of their karma they're here to interact and have relationships with people and that is their karma Mm -hmm. um and then there's fixed fate which is really interesting but those people are here to just like be like okay well i like fuck it i'm chilling like (laughs) i don't know i have no karma like (laughs) they're here to just like come and enjoy the ride and just like it's a free life you know interesting well actually so a question that kind of as you were talking was coming up in my mind a lot was how does this relate to like predestination like do you have like a fate or is this free choice like i mean it kind of sounds like you're saying you have a life purpose so now Obviously, without knowing this, I've been living 26 years without knowing what my purpose is according to right. you or according to human design. So, but am I still on that path because it's fate? I'm destined to do this or no, like I have to make the right choices to get to there. Like, I, yeah, like yeah. How does that, how does that fall? So it's, it's interesting because, um, 
your design also speaks a lot to that. Like you have your G center and your G center is, if you're looking at the body graph, it's the yellow square that's like on a tilt in the middle. And if it's defined, then that means that you have a pull to things and it's kind of like your GPS. So Mm. if you have that defined, you are going to feel randomly pulled to certain things and it doesn't make any sense, but it just feels like you need to go. And that is kind of like, you know, just like this, this would benefit you. Like it's like a nudge, you know, it's like a, it's like a nudge from the universe. Like you should probably go into that for some reason. I have a defined G center and I really wanted to move out to LA. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. I didn't have friends. I didn't have anything, but I was like, I just need to go. I don't know why. So that's like kind of following along with the fate of things. Um, like, you know, kind of saying like, maybe you might have a little bit of a fate, but I think it's less planned out for you. It's mostly themes. So it's Mm -hmm. not like you're going to, um, you're going to meet this person at this time and then that's going to lead to this, you know, this organization or something like that. Um, It's more so your G center is your identity. So I'm going to feel pulled to things that I relate with on my identity. Um, It's like where your self love lives. It's where your, like your true like soul identity lives. So I'm going to be, I'm going to feel pulled to things that I feel like align with my identity. And then people with undefined G centers are here to be influenced by other people. So like undefined G centers are also super sensitive to their environment. They need to be in places that feel really good to them. And like, if they're not around places that don't feel good to them, then that's like their G center being like, this does not align with your identity. Um, So like an undefined G might be around someone like me with a defined G center um, my, my boyfriend actually has an undefined G and I was like, let's move to LA. And he was like, okay, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like let's move to LA. Um, and so we did. And like, that's where it becomes like a little bit fuzzy. It feels like both, you know, like if you are truly following like your design and like what you are aligned with, then you, you automatically become your purpose. But I don't think that it is necessarily like, planned out for you like yeah you can you can reach your purpose doing absolutely anything someone can have mm. the same incarnation cross as you um but you are going to express it in different ways you are going so i'm a right angle cross of service i'm doing human design and there's other things in my chart that kind of like you know encourage like spirituality and stuff like that but um like someone with a right angle cross of service could be a doctor or they could be, um, mm. they could be someone that doesn't even have like a career involved with service, but two people in their life, like they help people, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's not super spelled out, but I think that you are pulled to things with a reason. And that is usually aligned with like your identity or your soul or, um, certain things that just like resonate with you. Yeah. So now this is maybe a, a big question, but where does God fall into place on this? Or the so, concept of God of a God? It's interesting because um it like people get confused with the system and they think that like it's a belief system and that it's a cult. Yeah, and you said that from the beginning that's not right. a belief, it's experimentation. It's experimentation, but it's also like a logical system like astrology. 
So if you think of like astrology, you think of planets and you think of um, quantum physics and you think of angles and you think of degrees and you think of like that sort of a thing. So that is kind of where human design aligns with that. But human design also believes in the universe. It believes in energy. Yeah. And it believe it definitely absolutely believes in like incarnation. So when it comes to God, it's not necessarily like a person or a specific thing that you are you are like aligning with kind of. It's more so energy. And if you think about it as like astrology, like this angle means that I was imprinted by this, like from the neutrinos and um, at this time, at this day, and I was incarnated with the energy to fulfill this purpose. So it definitely believes in energy. It definitely believes in um, the universal mechanics of things. And it definitely believes in karma, um, like energetic transfer and stuff like that. But as for like worshiping a God, like not necessarily like human design is for like everyone and everything. And that's where the energy comes in is that everything is just energy. Yeah. Which I mean, we kind of know that yeah. <laughs> like that we know that everything is energy and energy is neither created nor destroyed. So it's right. like, those are, those are things that we kind of understand. It's, um, yeah, well, I guess like, it's interesting cause you talk, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name already. The oh, guy, Ra. Yeah. Ra. Yeah. You talk about, he got a voice and a download, which download you mean by like, just basically like. So I guess if you want to define that, because I think I, I think I get it, but like it's basically yeah. he just got like info, like he got like a, a flood of information into his mind and into his body, and he's just like, I need to act on this, right? Yes. Apparently, the voice. So he describes it as the voice, and it came in yeah. and it said, "Are you ready to work?" And he was like, "Shit, okay." <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, damn, okay. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, go. So, I understand what you're like getting at with the whole God thing. Like, is God speaking to him? Like, yeah, or something that's along the exactly. lines of that. Absolutely. And that's, you know, like, I, that's not what the system necessarily tries to put behind. Like, mm-hmm. the system is not encouraging the existence of God or, um, like, that kind of religion. Yeah. Um, it is just saying, like, this information was presented to someone that is happens to be extraordinarily accurate and helpful. And, um, like, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's like, who freaking knows? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, maybe, right? maybe not, but we're not going to be the ones to tell you it is. Like, yeah, you know, okay. like, we're not going to be the ones to be like, that was this who spoke to Raw. Like, for sure. It, it's, it's very, like, open-ended, and it's not meant to be seen as something like that. It's meant to be seen as, like, a tool, as, yeah. um, as a system. And, um, you know, like, I totally get it, though. Like, when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, could, so yeah. it's here. Exactly. Yeah. You, it can be. T- I mean, you say the voice like that's where my mind I mean, growing up in the in the Christian church my whole life, like that's mm-hmm. where my mind goes is like the voice equals God or something right. like along those lines. So people hear that and I'm assuming they think the same thing like is like the voice like is that like a big booming voice like mm-hmm. I am a prophetic or like is he like is rock com- or claiming to be prophetic now but like. It's so that's why I kind of had that question and thought was where's where does it fall in that? But I like it because, like you said, it sounds like here's information for you. 
do with it as you please experiment with it and if it works sweet like beautiful live your life beautifully if not cool beautifully like just mess around with it see what you can do no absolutely and I mean it is it is kind of a crazy thing because I mean it's hard for me sometimes because it's hard um to explain it to people and have people not like look at you like like, yeah. are you trying to, like, you know, cult me? Um, yeah. Or, like, is this a belief system? Like, I don't want to believe that. Um, it, it's, like, so much more than that, though. It's, like, so, um, it's so, like, scientifically and logistically beautiful as well. Um, mm. When you when you really look at the chart, when you look at everything that um, melds into this one, like, big, beautiful system, that sometimes it can feel like it's divine because it's, like, like how did the how did one person even like discover this or like put this together it's so like yeah. unbelievable but um at the same time like it's i've rarely like explained a chart to people where they don't feel as though like i actually it's never happened i've never explained a chart to someone that feels like they don't resonate with it and that yeah. that is kind of like the beauty of it because it, it's one of those things where it's like you know what? Like, don't, I like, don't let me tell you, you know, like, don't let me tell you about it. Like, let me like show you your design and then you tell me type of thing. Like, yeah, you are the one that will decide if this is truth or not. And like, it, it typically really is. Yeah. Again, it's goes back to science. It's like, you're running the experiment. Now you have the data here. Mm-hmm. Here's the data. You make the conclusion. Right. And then they can make the conclusion from there about yourself. So, it's um, it's interesting. Now, I'll be honest. One of the things, when you brought up the neutrino stuff, um, and I can't remember what this is, and I, I don't mean any offense to this, but there's oh, a, it's it's something in Scientology. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right? That's why I said it. I don't mean any offense to this, but I had to say, because, and I don't remember what it was, like, but there's something, like a particle that they talk about in Scientology and in my like when you first brought it up I'm like is that the same thing oh, like God. i was like i was like oh no <laughs> like i don't think you're so. like i just brought a scientologist onto the podcast hey, I, hey i'd love to there's a there's a church of scientology like a huge one in in st paul i'm in the, the twin cities in minneapolis and there's a huge huge church of scientology um in downtown st paul and i Man. legitimately almost like went in there i was like about to just like and just strictly because i'm like what is it? I, I've heard, like, I've seen South Park, like, where they just oh, bash yeah. it. And, like, I've, I've heard so many stories, like, about it actually being, like, a cult and stuff like this. And I, uh, so I almost, like, went in there. And I was like, eh, no. Eh, no. no I like, won't I, get involved with that. Yeah, I probably, probably shouldn't. Like, that yeah. was, like, one of those things where it's, like, I thought I saw it. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Right. No. <laughs> Like I have interest, but no, but yeah, sorry. That, I don't, I don't mean to compare this at all. Cause it's very different. Um, after yeah. diving deep <laughs> into it, but it was, um, now it's going to bother me. I'm going to have to, I'll have to message you. Yeah. After definitely we're done. message me. You know, what's funny yeah. because like, I just, I've never looked into Scientology. So like I have it's, no it's, clue really, but like, it's kind of wild. I do, there was, yeah, there's, um, uh, and if people are Scientologists and they're listening to this, and I'd love to be corrected, but from what I've like, I dove deep into the the rabbit hole of like on the on the facade, it looks 
to be interesting. Like it looks to be pretty like legit on the facade. Like when you go on like the websites and stuff, like I looked up that the one in specifically in St. Paul and I dug, dug into it and it was like, seems pretty cool. But then you look into the beliefs and of Scientology and that's where for me, I, I lost yeah. connection. I'm like, Oh, Oh no. Like it was just like, there's, and I, and I don't remember, it's been so long now. I don't remember like the names of the being that they, uh, that they say created like the earth. Um, Oh, there, it almost came to mind. Like what, the, oh. what those words are, what that word is. Um, but are you getting a voice? Yeah, ba- <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am getting a download right now. Um, no, but the, yeah, it, it was just, there was, I would recommend, maybe I'll, I can find the YouTube video it, and it was on YouTube. So it's like what created the YouTube, who created the YouTube video? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but just the beliefs, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. No, I, I know. I, I couldn't take it serious, and I was uh, so yeah. If if there's a Scientologist out there listening to this, uh, wants to hit me up, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm open. Yeah, I would love. So am I. I would I'd love, love to, to hear, hear about it. I would love exactly. to hear about it. I agree. But um, yeah, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. So, but like I said, I I didn't mean any comparison. No. It was it no, was no, just no. yes. No, that's not what I'm. It, it is totally fine because like I I understand though like you know like yeah, I get that's it cool. like. It also sounds um, like when I was first reading about it, I was literally like, "What in the literal hell <laughs> what did I is get going myself on?" Like, yeah. and, and it's funny because I didn't even read about the history before. Like, okay. I just started to learn about the chart. Um, that was like my first study was learning about the chart, learning about yeah. um, you know the gates and the channels and the centers and everything, and it was all very accurate and very interesting to me. And then I learned about the history and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And, um, mm-hmm. but I had already like, you know, gone through the motions with, uh, learning my chart and really like experimenting with it in my life and stuff like that. So it was, um, it was just like, I don't know. It was interesting to hear about the history, but I understand when you first approach the history to with people, like they're, they're like, wow, that's a lot, you know, it's not like. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot to hear, but um, that's the beauty of it too. Is that it's it's not a belief system, and it's actually yes. it's just a tool, and yeah. and that's what I have to respond like tell people all the time. I'm like, it's a tool. If it resonates with you, beautiful. That's the whole point. And mm-hmm. like, if it makes your life like, if it makes you feel good about who you are, and like, if it serves you, then amazing. And like, that's what it's here for. Yeah. So. No, that's 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 beautiful, and I think that's important just to surround yourself and find these things too especially if you're like just in that monotonous life of like wake up yeah you just feel dread for the the day and yes like that. and that's it's not like, what meant that's not what life's meant to be like right, at all it's so i'll i'll let uh i'll let you in on like a little personal story that's i've been i'm currently going through right now um about um, so I, I'll, I'll start it back in 2019, but I'll, I'll give you the spark notes version in 2019. I had like a really shitty end of my end of the year, just a lot of like personal stuff building up. There was like a constant gloom, like cloud over my head. And there was like a day where me and like two of my buddies were sitting in my kitchen, um, 
and they were there, unfortunately, because a mutual friend of ours had passed. Um, and we were in the funeral and then everything was here in Minneapolis. And we were sitting there talking just like about like, what's life? Like we were just kind of going through like this guy, he, he passed away at 25. Like we're at that time we were 24 and it's like, what are we doing? Like, this is like so young, like life's fleeting. Um, so it's like we had that moment and at that point I decided, so I'm still, I'm, I'm in a corporate job right now. Um, and in the same job I was at that time. And at that point I decided to pursue something, uh, for myself. Cause I'm like, you know what I need to, I really sat down and thought about it. I'm like, I need to branch away from the corporate world. Um, at least try it and like, just see what happens. And so I started like doing things for myself, like focusing a lot more energy on, on what I wanted to do. And like, really listening to my gut and like kind of just like pursuing those things that excite me versus the things that I feel like I should do. Right. And I, it's, I mean, it's what's led to this podcast here is I've felt like I, I wanted to do it. And I mean, I, this is talk about like the battery of like my being podcasts fill me up. Like after this, like I feel great having a conversation so <laughs> amazing but I'm so happy to yeah, hear that it, though yeah yeah it's it, it i'm super grateful but i had a moment like um at this point probably a month ago where uh because i was pursuing these other things my it affected some of my corporate job where i would pursue something else and i'd let something slip through the cracks kind of natural when you don't dedicate 100 percent of your time to something um, right. and so it got to a point where my boss would notice and he would, he brought it up a few times, like what's going on. And I would always lie because like, I'm like, he doesn't need to know about this stuff that's going on. Yeah. And like a month ago it happened again. He, he brought it up and again, like immediately I was like, fuck it. I need to tell him, I'm going to tell him everything. I'm just going to let it all out. Whatever happens, happens. I don't care at this point. I'm not living my authentic life. I'm not being my authentic self by lying to him. And just, that's not who I am. That's not who I tell people to be. That's not like what I do. So I told him and it's, (laughs) this is like the first time everyone's going to hear. Yeah, it's, it's ending my job in come basically, I'm not going to have a job come January 1st. Oh my gosh. So super scary. But like you said, it's, super exciting you're I'm like aligning actually, more with yourself that's it's really yeah. scary it's really yes. scary but it's also trusting in yourself yeah. and and trusting exactly. in the universe that life is not meant to be endured like yeah. life is meant to be enjoyed and the more that you are authentic with yourself the more rewards you get genuinely yeah yeah and i'm and i'm just I've been learning this, um, and I would say learning it the hard way, but it's really not because like you said, when you do live authentically, you life is more fun and if it's more fun, it's easier. (laughs) It allows you to be easier. So obviously I'm very scared. I just bought this house that I'm in and now all of a sudden I'm saying, Oh, I'm not going to have a steady income. How am I going to pay for this? So it's like, and like my job provides like all these like beauties of like it provides me a car, it provides me the steady income, health insurance, like all these things. But and I'm saying goodbye to it all because I 
I, I knew I needed to have that conversation. Like it was just like, like I said, I was just like punched in the gut. Like it was one of those things where it like almost hurt how bad, like I needed to let this, like tell him, talk to him about this. Right. And yeah, so it was, uh, I, I'm, I'm like all, like I said, that's why I feel like, all right, I'm a generator. Yeah. You're telling me like those types of people feel that like yeah. 100%. I feel that all the time and it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing though. And like. Uh, when I give readings and I tell people like living authentically is scary in the beginning because you don't know what's going to happen. But if you think about your aura, your aura is taken up by the things that you involve yourself in. So if your aura is being clouded up by all these things that, that don't like light you up, that don't bring you happiness, that don't feel aligned with who you are. Um, and they don't align with your strategy or your authority and things like then you have to clear them out so that new things can come to you. You have to clear them out so that new opportunities can find you so that the universe can send you things to respond to Mm. um, because you're available and you're ready and you have the time and the effort to give and to, to pay attention to um, like what is truly going to be beneficial for you and truly going to be good for you. And the beauty also of a generator and with every energy type is when you are lit up, you, you lift the world up around you. Like you are so much more beneficial to the world and to your relationships and people around you when you are truly fulfilling your design, when you are truly living authentically, that is when you lift the world up as opposed to when you are making yourself smaller and you're shrinking and you're feeling burnout and frustration, you're not helping, you know, that's, that's the whole point is that living authentically is, is lifting the energy. So that's why the human design system is cool. And, um, because it's like, it's waking the world up to that and, um, it's raising the vibration and like, it's really cool to hear you say that because like you're doing it without even knowing, you know, (laughs) like you're, you're just like, you're already doing it. And like, it's cool that you resonate with being a generator and now you can like put a name to things and like, I don't know, it's inspiring. Like even you talking about it is inspiring me. I'm a projector, like, and (laughs) I, like, it's already making you. Like, I can just feel the energy radiating off of you when you talk about that. So that is, like, truly the beauty of, like, living your design, being authentic, um, trusting your gut as a generator. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, Christina, this this has been amazing. Like, absolutely so much fun to learn more about this and to really dive deep into it and kind of like you said put names to things that i've uh, maybe known about myself like you said about the the person who introduced you to this as well she helped you define the things in your life that you already knew right um i'm sure people listening are gonna want to know more about this as well so please give yourself a plug like do you you said you do readings um what like how does that what does that look like how can people reach you if they want to do a reading with you do you do remote like yeah give yourself yes absolutely um so i'm like on the finishing touches of my website it's going to be dawnhumandesign.com and right now i have my instagram up and running it's just at dawn d-a-w-n human design and you can dm me um reach out on that account and we can set up readings. I'm doing, um, for a limited time, I'm doing a like brief basic reading for people. That's about 70 bucks. And that kind of gets into your energy type and your strategy authority and your profile. And then I'm also doing individual readings, 
um, for 140 and that's like about an hour and a half and then we get into like the deep um, the deep parts of your chart and kind of like explain the whole thing um, as opposed to the basic reading and then I also offer relationship readings which is really interesting if you're in a, mm. if you have a, um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, um, you're in a couple, it's really interesting to learn about each other's designs at the same time and see yeah. where the connections lie and where the challenges might be and um, how you connect to each other on a design level. Uh, and then I also offer family readings because it's becoming increasingly more important, um, especially in the human design community, that especially kids knowing their design and parents knowing children's designs really affects the way that they should be raised. Um, and if they can skip that part where they're being conditioned, like when they're younger, then they are going to be way more authentic and way more comfortable with being their authentic selves as they grow older. Um, and that is something I'm really excited about doing is family readings because uh, you get to understand the dynamics of the family. You learn how to respect one another's energy and um, raise kids that are truly authentic and, and willing and happy to be themselves as they grow older. Beautiful. It's amazing. There you have it. Thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate all the time and everything. <laughs> Thank you, and, Vince. Uh, this was well, so much please, fun. Yeah, yeah. And please send me any links that you want people to find um, that I can include. And, uh, yeah, have an amazing day. Cause Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you to Christina for that wild and thought provoking conversation. For more information on her work, follow her Instagram at Dawn human design and check out the links in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been enjoying the show, give us a follow at fresh steeps on social media and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in. And I wish you the best of days. Peace.